0: Hello, welcome to the Crypto with Cash podcast, episode number nineteen. My name is Duncan Morland. I'm your host. I'm very happy to be alive and outside among the trees, um, and I'm joined by Kashaya Bassi. Hello, Cash.
1: Hey, you all right. How you doing?
0: I'm okay. Uh, you know a lot about crypto, far more than I do. Um, but it looks like you're sat in.
1: I'm stuck in an a office, hotel right? lobby. <laughs> Office
0: slash hotel lobby, whatever you want. Nice. Is it at least warm? Have they got air conditioning in there?
1: Air conditioning, warm, but I'd rather be where you are.
0: Yeah, this lovely uh, picturesque Alice in Wonderland scene. Looks like Park. Yeah, this isn't working at all for anyone that's just listening to the audio either. Um Okay, so we're here to talk about cryptocurrencies once again, and we've got three good topics, I think. Actually, first of all, Cash, before we launch into that, how are you today?
1: I'm all good, thank you. All good. Yeah. Just been uh, just been doing some research, same as
0: usual. Crypto research or other kind of research.
1: Crypto research um, There's always so much going on. It's always good to be on top of the markets.
0: Do you, are you looking at specific coins or what you? Uh... Just a general
1: overview right now. You know, markets seem to be moving with Bitcoin. Um, uh, wherever Bitcoin goes, the rest of the market follows.
0: Should we? Uh, just That's a done. Yeah. Well, so one of our topics is uh, the general what's going on in the market generally at the moment, recent price action. Uh, the second is Binance investing in Pancake Swap, uh, the decentralized exchange. And the third is an art uh, sorry, an article written by Arthur Hayes, who you just told me who he is a minute ago, and I've already forgotten who is he. Cash. He's
1: the former CEO of Binance Exchange. Yeah, and was uh, the, the co-founder. He, he,
0: and he wrote an interesting article on where he sees kind of support levels for Ethereum and Bitcoin. Shall we start with your research on um, on the markets recently? And I'll share yeah. my screen and we can just share CoinGecko. Um, let's have a look, shall we? One second. Okay, so I'll just share... Okay. So yeah, I'm seeing Bitcoin at 31,000, Ethereum at $1,800, yeah. so what what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, so as we can see, Bitcoin's fallen back down to the, the around the $30,000 range, which is the same level that held in the July, 2021 crash. So last year, you know, it felt like it was going to zero and it held at 20, uh, sorry, and it, and it held at 30,000 and it rallied up in the months that followed to new all-time highs now we're back at those levels again uh, so bitcoin actually fell to a bottom of i think it was twenty-six thousand before it bounced back up it's been ranging between 29 and thirty thousand for a, maybe a few weeks now actually and mm-hmm. now it's up four percent on the day uh trading at thirty-one thousand. uh since bitcoin has bounced many other coins have bounced as well as you can see on the view there many coins apart from the uh stable coins such as tether and usdc uh they're all many coins are in the green um yeah more
0: than more than in the last few weeks like there's there's actually green some green exactly
1: (laughs) which is nice to see but many coins are still uh red overall for the week because we did have a bit of a a sell-off um earlier um but as for ethereum same as ethereum um same thing for ethereum it fell down to the 1800 level which is the same level that held in the crash that we saw last year and it's now bounced back up slightly up around three percent on the day good to see uh many of the coins are green today as well uh many actually in double digit percentage points which is good to see um, so yeah, there's some some enthusiasm returning to the markets, but it's very difficult to say where it's headed to next.
0: Yeah, um, that was my next question. <laughs> um, yeah, what are your kind of thoughts? So you do, you, do you feel this is sustainable or like a kind of um, we're going to just see it hovering around here for a while? Or I know, I know, sort of I think, we're not about predicting. Yeah, future, I think we're going to see
1: it hovering around this level for a while. Um, you know there's just I feel like a lot of people are just waiting to see how the macro environment develops there's a lot of discussions about further rate hikes coming in the next couple of months Uh, you know inflation is almost out of hand at the moment both in the Mm. UK the US and many other countries so they're trying to you know central banks are doing whatever it takes to try and bring that down to a manageable level Um, and when by doing that you know it's affecting the sort of so the stock market and cryptos you know when people have less money to spend on their necessities they're not really going to put money into crypto and stocks they're more focused on you know trying to get their essentials pay their bills um and that's what we're seeing right now i think yeah, and i think it doesn't feel like
0: that. yeah so,
1: sorry go ahead go ahead
0: sorry it doesn't feel like that aspect is going away you know like people struggling with bills you know like having no ex excess money um a lot of people not having enough to pay bills and stuff as well uh, listening to the radio um yeah exactly and not really getting a lot of help from the government etc so it's, i don't see that changing for
1: yeah and actually bitcoin a lot of, there is a lot of discussion about how bitcoin is going to serve as a hedge against inflation but right mm. now we're not seeing that as much in fact the Correlation between Bitcoin and the stock market has reached a very—it's uh, one of its highest points um, in history. So, which means that when stock market moves, Bitcoin moves, um, and when Bitcoin moves, the rest of the crypto market moves.
0: Yeah, it seems uh, like that would the
1: stock market. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say unless we see the stock market, you know, hitting new all-time highs and rallying further up, um, I highly doubt we're going to see. Bitcoin you know doing the same thing so when big as in when the stock market goes up I think bitcoin will go up for even more so that stock market
0: Yeah, so kind of like waiting for a universal return from all markets really Yeah, exactly. um, Yeah. so it might be a while longer <laughs> um, Next on the things you wanted to talk about and maybe Should we maybe talk about the Arthur, does the Arthur Hayes article kind of relate more to to this? Yeah, so maybe if we'll, I'll I'll, um, share my screen and get that up. So do you want to just give people a bit of background of what this is?
1: Yeah, so Arthur Hayes, he is the former CEO of Bitmix Exchange, which uh, up until the last couple of years, it was one of the biggest crypto exchanges in terms of volume. Mm. he writes regular articles related to the market and what he sees. Uh, his most recent one, which I think came out a couple of days ago, um, to give a brief summary it talks about many different factors, such as the Ukraine um, conflict, such as inflation, such as rate hikes that we discussed. And he says that he sees the markets ranging at the same levels they are now, you know, between 30,000. I think he mentioned 25 to 27K more specifically is saying that that was the bottom for bitcoin mm. and he doesn't really see it going much further than that you know that's. i think that is a resp- in response to a lot of people saying you know bitcoin's going to 10,000 some people saying it's going down to 5,000 2,000 so mm. he's come out and said you know what i think it's going to bottom out at around 25 27k and ethereum is going to bottom out at around 1800 and again that's in response to people saying it's going back down to 400 300 200
0: yeah, yeah, it's I feel like, yeah, ten thousand dollars, five thousand dollars is extremely low. I just feel like n- now you've got institutional money investing in it, and you've got funds set up around specifically yeah. buying bitcoin and other crypto, you've got a lot more upward pressure than you did, say, in 2018. Because I know, I think, um, is it grayscale like they, they, I don't know if they were they're one of the biggest sort of crypto funds aren't they correct me if i'm wrong cash but um yeah and and from what i can tell they sort of started investing either after 28 the crash in 2018 or or you know they they weren't sort of stockpiling they They were definitely yeah they were stockpiling through the bear market because i wrote something about it for one of uh, our older publications and it was almost like I was calling it like the crypto ghost trade, because while nobody was talking about it and like JP Morgan and um, loads of other, you know, in, uh, mainstream places were just saying, yeah. talking bad about it. There was these charts of institutional investors through Grace, through the Grayscale Fund, just increasing holdings of Bitcoin. Yeah. And it was like this sort of like counter narrative, but nobody was talking about it at the time. And I should have looked at that and been like, I should buy loads of Bitcoin now. But I didn't because the Bitcoin I had had bought had halved in price.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that's what happens when you go on social media and you see people saying, oh, Bitcoin's at 30K now. And at peak fear is when people start saying, oh, it's going to 10,000, it's going to 5,000. A lot Mm -hmm. of times, what tends to happen is, That's the perfect time to buy because people are panicking, panicking is at its highest point, they're capitulating, they're sending all the assets and that's when it allows, you know, these institutions to have enough liquidity to actually buy in and that's when you see the bounce. So yesterday was uh, very, people on Twitter were very bearish for the market. As we can see today, it's up three or 4% back up above 30,000. So there are, I feel like, a lot of people say, you know, being contrarian is how you make money in these markets. And there are certainly elements of that in in, in this space.
0: Yeah, I think one thing is, though, is making, like we spoke about it before, but it's having those fundamentals because there's a lot of, like, um, rubbish coins, I won't swear. But, you know, what I mean, like, there's a lot of coins that just disappear and never come back. And people people will buy the dip on those coins and keep buying the dip and the dip will never it's never a dip like i don't know if luna will be one of those coins but it i mean it looks like it is and it you know people were buying it on the way down um so it is it is a case of like believing or having done the research and the fundamentals like the coins you researched for the portfolio and bitcoin like you know and ethereum the kind of the blue chips of the space i guess like um but yeah what you said is it's exactly the sentiment it it kind of like feels like it gets old saying it but so many people still don't act on that advice do they like kind of buying when others are pooping their pants and selling when everybody's happy (laughs) but um yeah i think that's how warren buffett phrased it anyway um okay so we've got is there anything else you wanted to say about that article or anything or, or those kind of ideas i think it's
1: worth reading what you know these these people who've been in crypto for many years have to say and perhaps more so them you know these crypto native people that maybe uh people outside of crypto who are chiming in because a, a lot of times it feels like these institutions who are not crypto natives just say say certain things to move the market uh, to their benefit Whereas, mm. you know, with these crypto native people who've been here actually have the experience to to discuss these sort of matters. You know, there are institutions who just jump onto the crypto bandwagon, make their money and leave. Whereas, mm. you know, these crypto native people are going to be here for years and have been. Um,
0: yeah, I think to add to so just the, the article is called Shut It Down and it's by Arthur Hayes. And It's on medium. We'll put a link underneath the uh, podcast on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's also worth. I find it interesting to watch uh, Vitalik uh, Vitalik Buterin. I don't know if I'm yeah. pronouncing his name right. So if I'm not, but, I, I'm um, always
1: pronounce as Vitalik Buterin.
0: Buterin. Okay. Yeah. So like the found, one of the well, the founder of Ethereum. A lot of his lectures are about, or like his you know his talks and stuff on YouTube and his blog posts. They're about things um solutions that crypto can offer outside of say the financial world outside of just making money on crypto so but it still kind of speaks to crypto as a long-term investment as a solution to a potential solution to a lot of problems um that different sectors are facing yeah. so to me that's kind of a good way to when we're talking about sort of fundamental value in different cryptocurrencies watching some of his talks and stuff can be really informative and kind of make you go like, it can help you step outside of that, like just watching the markets go up and down and be like, okay, there is some like really valid use cases for these types of cryptocurrencies if 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 his arguments make sense to you kind of thing. yeah And yeah, I think he's, he's a pretty engaging speaker as well. I think.
1: One thing I like about Vitalik is that, um, I think he tweeted the other day something like, what is something that you've um, always disagreed with me about? Just trying to hear other people's perspectives and why they disagree with him, and maybe that's perhaps um allowing him to like enlighten becoming more enlightened to different viewpoints mm. that can help him you know uh further consolidate what he believes or perhaps even drop what he believes and move on to something that makes more sense
0: yeah um, it's good to see so that. yeah, if you are listening to this and you hate everything that we're saying, then let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about it. Um, exactly, yeah. um, okay, so the third item on our agenda today is and we've got another article, so I'll just get that up if it's at all interesting. Um is Binance buying pancake swap. So Cash, can you just tell everyone what is going on here and what is Pancake Swap, what is Binance? So from the the yeah, basis. So,
1: so PancakeSwap is um, essentially a decentralized exchange built on the Binance chain. Um, essentially it's you know we have uniswap uh, on ethereum we have sushi swap on ethereum these are decentralized exchanges that allow users to trade directly with other users without any intermediaries pancake swap essentially serves that same function but on binance smart chain or which is now called bnb chain or binance chain um the interesting thing is you know pancake swap offers much faster and cheaper transactions than ethereum which is why uh, maybe back when a couple months ago, when we had the uh, the meme coin mania, a lot of people I noticed were going towards Pancake Swap as opposed to Uniswap coins, mm. um just because it's much cheaper to create your own coin on Binance Chain. You can create your own cryptocurrency for maybe ten bucks, uh, which is why we saw many of these coins moving onto Binance Chain from Ethereum to capitalize on this sort of trend. um It's actually become one of Binance's uh, Binance chains, most popular applications. I think it's seeing over four hundred thousand users on a monthly basis, and I think at its peak, it are seeing, uh, in total, we're seeing something crazy—something like one hundred and sixty million, uh, unique wallets. I remember reading, um, so one hundred sixty is... million different wallets have interacted with this protocol, which is huge.
0: Yeah, and is so is Pancakeswap on other blockchains, or is it native? Is it native?
1: BNB chain, it's on the Binance chain.
0: Right, okay. So, and it's yeah. the most, presumably it's the most popular uh, decentralized yeah. exchange yeah. On, on Binance. So yeah. most
1: most meme coins you will come across, there's a very high percent chance that it will be on uh, this blockchain and it will be traded through by, uh, Pancake. And you know, Binance seeing how popular this application has become, has decided to make an investment into uh, Pancake which store, is, which is really good to see. And today it's up, I think, uh, I think it was up around uh 10 20 percent um of course you know when when people see that in you know binance one of the biggest crypto exchanges in the world and their investment arm investing in a project that's a lot of times that's a massive green tick for other people um which means that you know this company has done their due diligence so it's technically a good investment for them as well
0: i've got a question for you about binance and binance smart chain so yeah. one of the criticisms i see leveled at say solana network and probably also at binance i just haven't seen it but the same argument is compared to like um cryptocurrency platforms like ethereum or mina mm-hmm. which is still very early like the nodes as in like the stuff running Binance network and solana network is much more centralized it's, it's yeah. i think maybe a I don't know if all of Binance smart chain is owned by owned and run by Binance. But so there's this criticism that it's essentially like, even though it's using decentralized technology and yeah. it's not, it's foregoing a lot of the benefits of that, you know, like safe regulators yeah. come in and close stuff down or, you know, I don't know, sort of there's a failure or I don't know, somebody runs away with all the money. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it matters at all
1: my my thoughts on that are that i feel like decentralization is spectrum in the sense that there is no it's not binary to say something is decentralized or not Um, it's a spectrum and different people have different opinions so one thing that is decentralized to me may not be decentralized to someone else you know there's a lot of criticisms uh, made about these sort of ethereum alternatives such as solana such as binance chain uh, because a lot of people say that, you know, the validators or the people who are, you know, in charge, but, you know, in a decentralized way of the chain, uh, there's a there's not many people, there's not enough people for it to be truly considered decentralized. Um, and these are the criticisms made. And I think ultimately it comes down to the person mm. as to whether or not they believe or they want to decide whether or not that is decentralized. Um as it stands, Binance chain is remains one of the most popular chains in the market, in the world. You know, there's tons of people using the blockchain every single day. Billions of dollars are being transacted every single day. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who are, you know, jumping onto these meme coins, they don't really care about the decentralized aspect of it. They just hear mm-hmm. about their friends saying, oh, I bought this coin called Moon something, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's gone up 100 saying last week here's how
0: to buy it jump on yeah they don't
1: really care about the decentralized aspect of it um yeah i like that's
0: that's just the truth of it yeah i think you're right and i think also i like what you said about it being a spectrum you know like and there's all there's always some element in a lot of these projects of centralization and centralization in the teams and stuff like you know, it's often one team is developing it and has more control. You know, in terms of access to funds yeah. or whatever, and um, it does make me wonder though, because you, I guess, sort of functionality is is a one reason somebody might use a the, you know, might use Binance Smart Chain over Ethereum, for example, because it's the fees are cheaper. Another yeah. functionality might be if, you know maybe ethereum is more resistant to regulation than binance in the future and we see that in a few years time when there's more stringent crypto regulation and binance's binance smart chains hit harder you know because yeah. authorities can kind of target that easier um but but the more sort of and i think maybe you've spoken about this in the past like the more um people are kind of removed from the process of crypto and they're just using crypto wallet and it's very easy and just moving money in and out. Um, I remember reading in a book years ago and it's by like Anton, I can't remember his f- full name, but um, that's if I remember. yeah, that's it, yeah. And he was talking about the future of, it's a really cool book, like he's written two and it's like, I think they're called the future of money one and two or something. And a lot of them are just about like social impacts of crypto and things like this. And it's, If you like science fiction and stuff like I do, it's really cool to read them. <laughs> And he was just talking about, and you see this already, like this idea that people are getting very tribal around coins and the communities around coins almost being more important than the functionality than itself. And and you kind of already see that on like subreddit forums and stuff. And like there's very, you know, coins with like similar kind of use cases and stuff, but people are very loyal to I guess to their investment, you know, they have, they have a financial investment in this. I uh, can't remember what my original point was, but like.
1: But um... I see, I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, there are Bitcoin maximalists who hate Ethereum and every other altcoin, yes. And there are Ethereum maximalists who hate every other Ethereum alternative, such as Solana, such, such as Binance. Um, you know, a lot of people criticize Binance for being centralized. Um, you know, it's the, it's the number one cryptocurrency exchange in the world. Um, I don't believe, my, my personal opinion is that I don't think crypto would be where it is today without Binance. Um, mm. So I feel like a lot of people have to, you know, give their, give, 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 in, in a sense, you know, you have to respect the fact that Binance, even though it is centralized, has gotten crypto where it is today because uh, it's
0: popularized and made it accessible. Yeah, I mean,
1: just yeah. recently they they've uh, partnered up with the weekend, for example, the one of yeah. biggest <laughs> in the world. They've said they're going to be investing. Um, I think they said they're going to be donating two million dollars to charity, and they're going to be sponsoring his tour. You know, millions of people are going to go to his tour, uh, the weekend's tour and see Binance's logo. They're going to if if they've never heard of Binance, they're going to Google it and hear about crypto. And that's how you onboard more people mm. and, i mean that's one of the reasons they've invested or sponsored and partnered with the weekend to get the name out there and to essentially tell people more people about crypto uh, so yes there may be criticisms of uh, certain protocol or platform being too decentralized but i feel like as i said it's the spectrum and i feel like sometimes you need some uh, centralization and maybe maybe over time you can become more decentralized Um, by, you know, relinquishing some of your tokens that give you governance, and then maybe relinquishing those to more of the community over time, so that it becomes a community-led project as opposed to, um, you know, led by the the team.
0: Yeah, if anyone's interested in that, like a project doing that, Tornado Cash on Ethereum is a project that's done that, where it, it was developed by a team of people quite a small team i think and then they there was some kind of like they called it some kind of ceremony and basically it meant that they burnt or destroyed the, the the kind of access keys or i don't know what the proper term is so even the team can't can't stop that protocol now it can't yes. you know if if you know they were locked locked up in jail and like i don't know tortured and said you've got to stop this you know you could take this down they, they can't it's just running on its own um yeah, so it's a cool project to look at generally, I think Tornado Cash. But um, I was, yeah, I was just gonna say, what you're saying about Binance is right, the process of buying cryptocurrency without a centralized exchange is still a massive pain in the ass. Like you have to go through like a decentralized exchange, which you can do, it's just time consuming. There's a lack of liquidity if you're you're buying in any kind of volume and you're limited to different forms. Yeah, and it's really clunky to be honest. Like you're if you're an average person, like you're you're probably not going to bother doing that. Or you can go to a Bitcoin machine like and and like you say, fees are super high. Um if you can find a Bitcoin machine, like you there's some in London and stuff, but I also just don't really trust that somebody hasn't fiddled with them, but
1: Yeah. And um, last I checked, I think the prices were around 10 to 15% higher than yeah. they were on exchanges, which is a crazy markup. And the question mm. goes back to okay, who's running these companies? Who's running the ATM companies? Uh, who's to say they're not centralized? You know? So you can always go to, to a more fundamental level.
0: Yeah. And, and again, I guess
1: some, someone might say that's centralized, you know?
0: Yeah. And there's an argument for a non- anonymous, can't say it, being anonymous (laughs) when you use the machines. But London is covered in uh, cameras. And like, if you're going anywhere in London, you're on a camera and like, yeah, including a Bitcoin machine in Tony's cafe on the street I used to live on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Um, so that's, I think we've covered our three topics pretty well. Is there any, any, any other thoughts you wanted to share with anyone today?
1: Um, I think that's it. I think it's going to take a, a couple of months for the markets to figure themselves out. Um, of course, I would love to have prices going back towards all time highs, but yeah. the reality of the situation is, I think there's far more serious things going on in the world, such as inflation, such as the Ukraine crisis. Um, And once those figure themselves out, hopefully we'll see much higher prices. In the long run, I do see prices being much higher than they are now, but it might be a good couple of months until we get there.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for your time today, Cash. And thank you for everybody listening. Um, We will, I don't know what I'm saying. We appreciate likes, subscribes and comments and uh, Cash will personally thank you in the next episode if you leave your name in a comment and uh i tell you what if you if anyone's listening to this and they want to write a comment on youtube i'll read it out exactly whatever it says so you can write whatever you want and i'll just read it out at the start of the next episode with absolutely no context um including if it's from josh and beck uh who helped run this Um see if they actually listen to the end i'm sure beck does <laughs> um Okay, well, thank you for uh, thank you again, Cash, and thank you for everyone listening. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. We need a cool sign-off, actually, like some something cool to say at the end. Like, see you on the <laughs> we'll next. We'll think of the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't yeah. it's, it. not, it's not materializing. In my head now or my mouth. So. All right. Okay. Cheers. And bye.